Hey guys, welcome back to the final regularly scheduled episode of Did That Really Happen? I have with me today Dan Cates. Uh, he was on uh, before in the past. I think we had him on to talk about elder relationships in the church, making sure that those work as a preacher and an elder. And so we thought it'd be a good idea to have him back on and just kind of close the season out with one more fun episode before we go live. So this upcoming Tuesday night, I know normally the Did That Really Happen podcast is on Thursday and the Through Their Eyes is on Tuesday. You're kind of getting a great deal here. Um, I'm still hoping to put some stuff out on Thursday, but we're definitely going to go live Thursday night from Digital Bible Study. Uh, I knew I'd do that. Tuesday night. Tuesday night, the 26th. Look for us to go live and look for two special guests. At the very least, maybe more, maybe less. We don't know for sure. We're still in conversation with those people. As always, we've mentioned this season that usually Caleb Rutherford's been able to be with me, but he's been packing and getting ready to move, and so he's not been able to be on most of this season, but I've got great news. We'll be going live together from Pulaski, Tennessee, and it'll be probably the last time we ever go live from Pulaski before he moves over to Roanoke, so be sure to tune in to Digital Bible Study on Tuesday night around 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern, and we'll try to have some fun together one last time for the summer. And maybe we'll have more episodes like this going forward. Now, I have the wonderful opportunity to introduce to you now Daniel Frazier Cates. And the crowd goes wild. Dan, take it away. Well, uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where to take it. Right. But, away. But, Leave. Away. No. All right. <laughs> We ask you to be on because I, I was a student. We've talked about this before on different podcasts. I know you are naturally funny, and the face you just gave is part of why. You know, you, Dan's facial expressions, um, for lack of redundancy, are very expressive. And I always enjoy when someone says something that you think is just not quite right, you let them know without even saying a word. You know, I don't know that that's true. Um, and so that happens a lot when we're together because I like to say things that are absolutely erroneous and outrageous uh, just to get a reaction. So, or, or you like to write "I love you" in people's. Hey, notebooks. you you saw that? Yeah. Let's start with that. Yes, tell, right. tell me, I, I didn't get to be there, so tell me how that went. Well, I was teaching Bible archaeology, and. The uh, particular class uh, that I teach, I have PDFs uh, that I can write on, and the, the artifacts are on there, and I can write different details regarding the various artifacts. Took a break and came back in after the break, and written above the, uh, I don't know if I remember which particular artifact it was, it was slide number 11. I don't know if you know them by yeah. that, but... No. Uh, anyway, it said, I love you. And I was thinking perhaps he was saying that to that particular slide, but there needed to be a comma after you. So I yeah. figured that it wasn't directly connected with, with the slide itself and must have been directed toward me. And so I thought, well, that's, that's awfully nice. Oh, Michael, we, we, we appreciate Michael and so forth. So that's on the big screen yeah. back behind me as, as I'm teaching the class. And I turn to the next slide, and there it is again. <laughs> and, 
yeah. Did you see what I'd written that time though? It was yeah, it's like Danny or Daniel Danny. or something like I, that. Yeah. I don't I've never heard you called Danny before. Well, there's a reason. You don't like it, do you? Oh, I don't care. Okay. But nobody calls me Danny. It, so why? <laughs> that, that's why you've never heard. No, no, seriously. And this is a great story. If you want a good story, let's because go. I'm a moron, and I don't know if you've if you've heard the story. We're off to a great it. start. Yeah. Well, truth. Um, we were over in Little Rock, uh, working at Mapleville. We had gone over to eat with one of the elders there and his wife and their two sons and daughter and their families. This was uh, 1995. We had just moved to Mabelville perhaps two or three weeks earlier. So we're, we're eating lunch with this elder and his wife, and she asks, uh, so uh, are you a Danny or are you a Daniel? Because I, I'd just been billed as Dan, I guess. Right. Anyway, I, I explained to her that, that I'm a, a Daniel, and I went through the story of why I'm not a Danny. I explained to her that when I was young, Mom only let one person call me Danny, and that was W.B. West uh, of uh, Revelation through First Century Glasses fame uh, and Harding Graduate School fame. Anyway, uh, he would stay with us whenever he would teach at Alabama Christian School of Religion at that time, now Amherst University, and he and I would... Uh, I had one bedroom. He had a, a, a bedroom that had an adjoining bathroom. So when I'd be brushing my teeth in the morning, he'd be brushing his teeth and so forth. So we shared that bathroom and uh, shared uh, a lot of ice cream at nights before bedtime. In fact, loved it when Brother West was around because that meant that we had ice cream at yeah, night. Yeah, right. Uh, that's when I learned to appreciate putting vanilla ice cream into bugles. Uh, we're going to have to circle back to that one in yep. a minute. Finish your story, but I, I want to I hear more about that one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So W.B. West would call me Danny. Okay. And Mom was not going to tell Dr. West not to call me Danny. So I was the only person that she ever allowed me. Well, the reason she didn't want me to be called Danny was because all the Dannys that she had known were brats. Mm. And she didn't want for me to turn into a, a, a brat, which I did anyway, probably. <laughs> but anyway, uh, she, she was concerned about that. So back to the elder's house. I tell that story to uh, the, the, the sister who's the wife of the elder. I said, well, Mom thought all Dannys were brats. Uh-oh. And about that time, I remembered that one of her sons, in fact, the one that I was sitting next to, was <laughs> named Danny. <laughs> and so nearest bus... Under it goes mom. <laughs> so, well, you know, but I, I love the name Danny. I right. think that's a great name. That was just mom. Uh, but that's why I'm, I'm Daniel and not. So. Bless her heart. You know, she doesn't know any better. Um, well, you know, I don't like being called Mike. Okay. I, I don't, you know, I just think you have to look like a Mike. I, you know, I, I don't feel like I have the qualities that imbibe the word Mike um, right. as I speak into a Mike. Um <laughs> You can't see it, but Dan pointed at the mic and was like, well, you know. <laughs> um, but I've had people call me Mike. And well, there was a situation at Somerville a couple years ago where we had a member who was elderly. And he would not stop calling me Mike. And he was an individual that every time he talked, he would say your name a lot. So every sentence was, well, you know, Mike. 
And that's, that's how why some I'm like, people pray. Pretty much, you know, <laughs> Father God or God over and over yeah, again, over Father. Over. Every other um, line. I'm, I'm thankful in those moments that they're concerned that the Lord might have dementia or amnesia or something, you know. That's right. Um, if it weren't for them, who, <laughs> what would happen? Uh, anyways, um, so he, he got up and started praying one day, funny enough that you'd mentioned that. And he got to the section of prayer that most people get to on a Sunday morning where they pray for the leadership or the preachers and the elders and the deacons. And he would not stop calling me Mike in the prayer. <laughs> and what I had forgotten in between that time and my sermon was that he had done that. And so I got up in the pulpit and said, as an illustration, you know, we, we ought to call God by the name that he prefers. You know, he, he's not daddy. He's not, you know, and I made the statement along the lines Mike. of, like, I don't like being called Mike. And I just, I went on for like two minutes about it. Yeah. And then as soon as I finished, I sat down, I think it was Ryan or it might've been Megan, but somebody came up to me afterward and said, you do know that he prayed. And I went, oh no. And, um, ironically, he, he left not long after that. <laughs> um, and I, I've always felt bad because I'm like, that might be why, uh, but back to the, your bugles. Yeah. What? Where did that come right, from? You know bugles. The yes, love them. Chips. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Never put them in ice cream, though. That. Well, you don't put them in ice cream. You put ice cream in them. So instead Picture of them, a waffle they're, cone, they're little cones. So when you're eight years old sure. and you have a little cone and you have ice cream, naturally. Naturally. Yeah, when I was little, and it's good, salty and sweet. Well, I I can see that. I mean, together. my wife is in that category. Maybe you are too, where she dips her French fries in milkshakes. No, no, I saw Katie Franson do that when we yeah. were on a campaign in Louisiana one time. Katie, if you're listening, how dare you? No, oh, no. Um, well, apparently she still likes to do it. I well, saw something on Facebook the other day. She and Nathan were talking with somebody, and she talked about dipping her fries in. Well, you know, you could frosties. Do you still do the bugle thing? No. I mean, would you if the opportunity... Per- like, if someone if, invited if you I over... I had bugles yeah. and ice cream, I would do it. Right. I would do it. But I, I rarely have the two at the same time. Now, you know what's going to happen, right? Somebody's going to buy me bugles you're, and ice cream. You're going to go do a gospel meeting. To which I say, thank you. You're going to go do a gospel meeting, and they're going to say, we should have him over for dinner. We That's listen right. to this podcast. We should have him over for dinner. And then they're going to serve that. You know what also is cool? When you have like a Diet Coke and a cheeseburger. Yeah. So if somebody wants to. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was expecting you to go, and you dip it. like. <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying. You, you just know, love if, that. If all well, I have to okay. do is say I like something for somebody to provide it, there you go. I'm, I'm also not as moronic as I am at times. There are, there are moments of clarity that happen. And there was one Sunday right before Christmas time, and Somerville was always really well uh, to us, really good to us, really well to us. The, you're an English teacher, and I'm trying notice. to. I'm trying to uh, to up my game. That's when it's hard. Yeah, you know. When, when you're trying to do it right. That's like when you're not supposed to with which end a preposition with, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, one I Sunday. I heard the double with this morning in chapel, by the d- way. Did you? I've been doing that lately when I'm around Dad because I know Dad <laughs> will get annoyed by it. And right. so I'll say, uh, with which you took me with. And Dad will yeah. be like, why? So, yeah, you know. Uh, I think that the one that is always alluded to is... Uh, when Winston Churchill said prepositions are not something uh, with uh, which 
put uh, put up with you or something like that. I right. forget the wording, but that was one of the popular ones. That, yeah, sometimes people really butcher things trying to fix them. Yeah, sometimes it's better to just be be ignorant. Yeah. With Lord, which we shall not put exactly up. Um, yeah, with, with which we shall not put up. With um, <laughs> um, I don't so think he includes. I was, I was preaching this Sunday. Yeah. It was right before Christmas time, and Somerville always did really well by us. You know, that's what I was trying to say earlier. Right. I know it now. Um, yes, we would get you know cards, and people would sometimes give us gift cards and other things. And I just as a throwaway line in a sermon said, "I love popcorn. I eat popcorn almost every day. It's one of my favorite foods." in the whole world. And when I got diagnosed with Crohn's disease, I was looking up what I couldn't have anymore. And two of the items on the top 10 do not eat list and do not drink were soda and popcorn. Right. And I said, well, I'll just have to die. Um, you know, if, if I can't eat that and it agree with me, I'll just die. I'd rather, I'd rather eat it and suffer. But for some reason, I'm okay eating popcorn. It doesn't yeah. cause an attack or any problems like that. But I made that statement couple weeks go by it's christmas season now we probably got 40 (laughs) bags of popcorn and i think some of them were like there's no way he'll eat all of this and so i reported on it like it was kind of like a mission report i would get up and tell people in like bible class uh, i think i was teaching the adult class at the time got 20 bags of popcorn left or whatever or i would tell people probably whoever was around i'd be like yeah i'm eating all that popcorn for sure i'm gonna eat it and um, it was like I told Megan after that, I said, next year, I should be like, you know, I love video games. Um, you know, <laughs> right. uh, Xbox 360, you know, I don't have one and of those with anymore. Crohn's disease, <laughs> I can play. <laughs> right. Ironically. Um, so, you know, you could, though, with that Bugle thing, going back to it, you could now, because they've got so many different flavors. Did they have all the different flavors back then? Oh, yeah. My favorite, uh, I assume you're talking about ice cream. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, they did. There were things like Rocky Road, uh, right. the uh, uh, one that has three mix, Cosmopolitan or whatever it's called. Oh, Neapolitan. Neapolitan, Neapolitan. Yeah. yeah. Cosmopolitan. <laughs> yeah. It's the one they serve in New York. Find out if you um, love ice cream. Take this quiz. <laughs> uh, but chocolate chip ice cream. Yeah. And they already had chocolate chip. That was that was the bomb. So well, and you know, I don't know if you've been in the gas station recently and seen the Bugles, but like they have, uh, how do you say it, caramel or caramel? It depends okay. on whether somebody has just asked me how I say it or not. So tell, tell me, I, I without thinking, just... I would have to say it naturally. That's, that's the problem. Say it naturally. Uh, milk I, milk I duds are made with what? Uh, I'd say chocolate and some other stuff. <laughs> no, um, I don't know whether I... We, we had a dog named Caramel. Caramel. Uh, but I think I say caramel. Well, Mount Caramel. We know that. We'll just go with that. Yeah. Um, so... They have a caramel flavored bugle now. Right. So technically, yeah, it wouldn't be the same. If you wanted the sweet and sweet, though, those of you that are listening, um, just remember the whole time that you're eating that, Dan Cates is judging <laughs> you. <laughs> but uh, let let me ask you: You've been at the school as a teacher. Well, let, let me before we do that. Go ahead. You, you were talking about saying something from the pulpit, yeah, and then you know, not really thinking about it until you were told afterward. I th- I realized what I said. After the fact, but if you don't mind my telling Go you ahead. a preacher story here. We got nothing might, but time, man. I'll tell two of them. Oh, tell three. Right. I don't think I have three good Three stories. or nothing. All right, guys, been a good None. episode today. All right. Uh, no. no um, anyway, I, I was making a point, and apparently one of the figures of speech I used to use 
was anybody can read that. Well, I was making the point, probably, I'm going to say this sermon that I was preaching that day was maybe third all time. Mm-hmm. Sermon on the Mount, Acts <laughs> 2, then probably this one. Right. And um, I made the point so masterfully, and I said, anybody can read that. And then I remembered that Brother So-and-so, who was on the left side, seven rows back, uh, he could not read that. <laughs> oh, he never no. learned to read and uh, I said, except for no, I, I didn't say that. <laughs> I, would, I mean, can read I, that except for I would have done that uh, probably, <laughs> but I, I did not do it. But but I realized immediately, and I thought it. I thought, well, except for brother so and so, he can't read that. Oh, and uh, at, at that point, I, that was the last time I ever used that expression because I realized. But another time, I was preaching a a, media, a, a wedding, and uh, in. Leading up to the wedding, I studied with the couple that was going to get married. Right. Anyway, the the future husband was named, uh, last name, C-A-R-B-O-N-E. And so in my mind, I was thinking, okay, maybe this is uh, Italian or something. Carboni. Carboni. And yeah. uh, so I said, Carboni? He said, no, 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 it's, it's Carbone. Okay, okay. Well, I can uh, I can get that right. And anyway, like the next lesson, I said, Carbone. He said, no, no, Carbone. He said, well, I'm not going to take a chance. I'm not going to mess this up. So I got my pen. I always have a pen with me. Right. And I drew on my hand oh, no. just before the wedding a picture of a car. And a bone. And a picture of a bone. <laughs> and uh, that way, I would make sure when I began to preach the wedding to pronounce his name correctly. So I asked, do you... Carboni. And about that time, I remembered I was supposed to have looked at my hand. I, I should have written on my hand. Look, start look here. down. <laughs> look down. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've had plenty of those. Uh, I'm a moron moments. I'm, I'm sure I've told you this, but I don't think I've told it on this show yet. So I kind of have to, you know, forgive yeah. me for retelling it if you've heard it. And forgive me if you're listening. You're like, we heard this one. You know, Caden Mallory, one of our students. Oh, yeah. Um, I've known Caden since he was like 13 years old, you know, performed his wedding. And while I was up there, I had prepared this ceremony and I was, it's my first wedding. And I was just in my head thinking, I've got this. There won't be any problems. Nothing will happen that will be bad. I should have remembered it's a wedding. Of course, there's at least one thing that's going to go wrong at the minimum, one thing. Yeah, and usually it's the... Marriage. <laughs> and so... <laughs> These days. You know, I uh, haven't checked on them recently, but I should probably give them a call. Um, so I'm doing the ceremony, and they have this part where they go over and they tie a unity rope, which I haven't said this Everybody in front of them yet. Everybody says it differently. But, does it differently, yeah. Um, it was hysterical watching that because I've seen so many videos of people who have no clue what they're doing and you can pick up very quickly when someone doesn't know. And Caden was panicked. Caden was looking at Grace like, what, what, where does this go first? What, how do we do this? So I'm looking at that, and then I'm like, okay. It's the unity macrame. <laughs> That's right. So then I know that they're going to go do – they're going to come back for the rings, 
and I'm going to say the little piece about the rings and do the the vows with the the rings, and then they're going to go sign their marriage certificate. Something different that they wanted to do was sign their certificate during the ceremony. I thought, okay, well, that's kind of neat, you know. Mm-hmm. None of this 30 days before, we're, we're married, but we're not married thing. Um, and so I look over on the podium, no marriage certificate to sign. And it's like three minutes before we have to do that. And the it's February. It's cold. Uh, it's the first week of February, so it's cold. We're outside, and I start to, like, lip sync to her mother and father where is the marriage certificate? And they're tying the unity rope. They're coming back over. And I now have to try to stall for time, which if you know me, I'm very good on my feet. Um, You know, never, ever put my foot in my mouth or do something that should not happen. And so I was just thinking, I just need to drag this ring ceremony out. But I didn't want it to be the the classic, you know, this is a circle and this circle and go on and on and on and on and on about the circle. But that's what I started to do. And so I was like, okay, you got to stop. You've, you've made your point. And so I said, now let's, let's give the rings. And I said, you know, um, Grace, do you have a token of your affection for Caden? And she says, I do. And so I said, okay, we'll take it and put it on his left hand. Obviously they went for the right hand that I did that too. So, you know, it just happens in a wedding. And so she puts the ring on his hand. I said, all right, now repeat after me. I grace take you, Caden. And I just started speed reading. (laughs) I couldn't stop (laughs) because I'm trying to look in the distance for her dad with the certificate. And I said like probably 30 words in a row and then looked up at her like, come on, (laughs) repeat it. And she's looking so pan. I felt so bad in the moment. We joke about it now, which is why I feel comfortable bringing it up in front of all of our listeners. But I felt so bad in that moment because she was looking at me like, my special day <laughs> has been ruined by you. And then Caden, to his masterful credit, I was so proud of him. I wanted to stop the ceremony and hug him because it was such a good joke. He just looked at me and he said, when you get to me, could you slow down a little? <laughs> Just a touch, you know, just a little. And so the certificate comes over. Everything's fine. But, man, I'm telling you what, you said uh, everyone can read that. Anybody can read that. That's like you've seen the video of Ryan Seacrest try to high-five the man who was blind. No. Yeah. that He All was right. on American Idol. He had just finished. He made it through to Hollywood. And on national television, Ryan Seacrest said, up here, buddy. Tried to high five him, and there is another video of a little girl who was born evidently without arms or through something in life lost her arms, Mm -hmm. and so she was working on a karate move to chop wood in half with her feet. Okay, and as soon as she finished doing that, her instructor gave the high five, the double high five, which is worse because she has no hand to do that. She's gonna have to jump up, and she just kind of looked at him. (laughs) She just kind of looked at him like, "Are you kidding me?" I'm a visual learner. But, yeah, there's so many things like that that can happen. I I don't know how many times, if I had to count, that I messed up a sermon um, or messed up a point or did something. It It's just – it's it's like circular reasoning, yeah. you know? It just – it goes round and round, and it gets you nowhere. Um, so I've got a question for you, and that is you've been at the school now how many years? Uh, since 99, so start... 23? 20, yeah, I've been here 23 years, start the uh, 
Yeah. August. So when you started the 99, how many classes were you teaching? Uh, I was teaching English. Just English. The one. So you've, you've now gone to teach about eight, right? More? Uh, just the two-year program, I think it's eight. Okay. Um, so you've, you've obviously progressed in the 23 years to be teaching more than just one class. So you get to see the students in a wide variety of circumstances. Yeah, well, I'm the only teacher they have every quarter they're here. Okay. I thought that might have been, yeah. yeah. So I know you've got some stories. Um, probably my favorite one that no one has heard. I don't know if you can tell about the day Khan found. Oh, that was great. Yeah, you should tell that one yeah. if you if you and can all tell you it. needed was the day that Khan and yeah, oh, yeah see that, one. that that's how you know it's a great story. I I remember the first time I ever heard this, thinking I need to be more careful if I'm ever going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, my son Connor would come to the school of preaching with me from time to time years ago, and he would at times sit in the back of the classroom while I was teaching, and he might work on. Uh, some school, or if he didn't have any, he would just sit back there and read or or do something. But anyway, uh, we have the rule here at the School of Preaching that students are not allowed to play games right. or watch movies or anything like that during class. If they have their computers, they are supposed to be taking notes, uh, you know, at most having a source connected to Right <laughs> to the book, which you need to tell the story about your grandfather oh, here in a minute. But anyway, it needs to be something connected to yeah. class. Well, Connor was uh, sitting in the very back, and he had to step out of the classroom for a minute. He was probably seven or eight. I don't know exactly how old he was. He stood up. He began to walk along the back wall, just heading out, and he just stopped right behind this fellow that was sitting in front of his uh, this fellow sitting in front of his computer, and Connor just stared for a minute. And I looked up at Con, and Con, I guess, saw that I'd stopped teaching, was looking at him. He said, He's playing Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and, you know, the whole classroom just died, yeah. and the student nearly did. <laughs> <laughs> Literally and figuratively. Can't believe uh, Scott Kane would do that. You no, know? No, no, uh, no, no. <laughs> no, it wasn't Scott. He wasn't a Ninja Turtles guy. Oh, that's right. No. <laughs> he would have done it, but he just didn't like just the Ninja Turtles. Guy. No, um, I, I don't. I, yeah, uh, Scott was better than that. But anyway, yeah, this, this particular student at that time right. was not better than that. Right. He, he was playing a game. Uh, he did not graduate then. Mm. Uh, but anyway. That was uh, that was awesome. Oh, Con, he's playing Ninja Turtles. But yeah, tell about your, uh, well, your grandfather. There's actually three stories I can tell here. One, two, two have to do with me. One have to do with my grandfather. So I'll, I'll end with that one because I think it's the best one. Oh yeah. Um, the first I don't one. Know the other two, but it's hard to beat the one with your grandfather. We were at camp, and we had a teacher who was teaching us. And admittedly, a lot of us were struggling with the material. We just weren't doing very well. And because you're a young, immature teenage kid, you're probably not sitting there saying, but what can I get out of it? You're probably going immediately to, how can I make it through the end of this not bored? Mm -hmm. And so not everybody in the class uh, admittedly was doing their job. So one particular person in front of me was on Paint, Microsoft Paint. That's how long ago this was. 
Because Microsoft Paint's not that big of a thing to be used as much anymore like it was back then. Yeah, but we could rock some serious paint. Back um, then. Yeah, Microsoft Paint I was did a absolutely. Paint. It was amazing, and so this guy in front of me is drawing the teacher on paint. On paint, and did a pretty good job of drawing the teacher in bitmap. And the teacher figured out that nobody was really paying attention, at least in that little core group. And so he said, you know what? Everybody put away your laptops. Unless there's a picture of my face on your screen. Ooh. And I, I almost lost it because I was like, <laughs> hey, man, you can keep your computer up. <laughs> You're good, bro. That's pretty pointed. Bro, do whatever you want. You're fine. And so um, he put it up because obviously, wh what do you do? Just be like, uh, sir, <laughs> turn around the computer. But that was the first one that was really funny because we couldn't believe that he had said that. And um, that same person the day before was watching Transformers on mute. So okay. it, it happens, you know, obviously. This yeah. wasn't when I was in school. This was just at a camp. Yeah. The second one was did, when did I was in school. Did the teacher know? No. It was just a crazy it, coincidence. Just a crazy coincidence that he said that. Um, wow. And to this day, I don't, I don't think that he knew. Maybe if he's a listener, he's going... I knew it. You know, so, <laughs> I was right. But, um, Vindicated. I always knew that was happening. Because yeah. we, you know, the school used to have like mirrors and stuff that could try to help deter from that. Those aren't really up here anymore. But not every place has an opportunity for you to check and see. You, you know how Walgreens, I always used to get really freaked out if I would look up and see someone walking behind me. Because mm -hmm. it's a lot scarier than it actually is when you're a kid to see someone following you. And then you're looking up and like, well, how are they watching me? And I didn't know it was a mirror. Right. Um, the worst 18th birthday of my life. <laughs> <laughs> no, so the second story is I was in school. And you know, my best friend in the whole wide world from school is Tate. Tate. Good old Tate. And so we sat by each other. We did everything together, basically. And one day, Tate was not feeling well. And he woke up a little later than normal. And so he came in late. And in his rush to get to school... He forgot his laptop. And I said, hey, no problem. My iPad has a keyboard, so you could just take your notes, and I'll forward them on to you when we get done with the day, and you can go get your laptop after lunch. Well, um, Brother Bland was teaching, and Tate did not know that the iPad was not connected to the keyboard. And so with a bunch of confidence, he went to push the iPad and just shot it <laughs> off of the table and as it was hitting the floor, it started playing music. I still don't know how he did this, but it started playing music <laughs> by Train. Um, one of their popular songs, Drive By, yeah. which coincidentally is a really weird song to have play at a preaching school, you know? Because right. um, it, it's about you know being in love with a girl. It's not just going to be a drive-by, yeah. which honestly, the more I think about that song, the more like... <laughs> <laughs> that song is messed up. Right. But Brother Bland is in the middle of teaching, and we had had some problems in that class and in other classes at that time of things like that happening frequently. And so I think people were kind of on their last edge with it. And Brother Bland was like, what is what is going on here? And I said, I'm sorry. I don't know how he did it, but he's playing music on my iPad. <laughs> and it's just like, Tate, here's the bus, buddy. <laughs> get, <laughs> That's right. get under there, dude. He's playing music. <laughs> and uh, Tate just looked at me like, I can't believe you would do that to me. <laughs> so every now and then I'll, I'll mess with him about that. And I just don't say, even listen to Train. Yeah, that's <laughs> right. Bro, you downloaded Train? What's wrong with you? Um, 
So the third one is about my grandfather, what you alluded to. And um, this guy is a great guy, the guy that did this. Oh, yeah. Outstanding gentleman. I love him. He's and one of my greatest friends. A student. And he was a student he, he at the time. A, I'm not oh, yeah. oh yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a Bible student. Oh, yeah. He, he is always wanting to learn more. But in class one day, my grandfather was teaching, I believe it was summer school. I think so. And um, this individual is noticeably not looking at my grandfather, which is a dead ringer. You know, I, you, you know that. You know when someone's not really paying attention. Um, at least you can see the signs of their, they may not be paying attention. And if you don't see their eyes for like a solid 30 minutes, yeah, okay, they're not, they're not here anymore. Um, so he finally just said, what are you doing? And the student responded and said, well, I'm, I'm reading, which I have to give him credit. It's very bold That's right. to, to, to my grandfather's face, just I'm reading, you know, and not even just like a, a quick apology or whatever. But he said, well, what are you reading? Trying to <laughs> give him the best part, trying to give him credit. Like maybe he's reading the textbook <laughs> and he responds and says, Dale Carnegie's how to win friends and influence people. <laughs> And my grandfather, without missing a beat, said, well, you've just influenced me to kick you out of class, and you've lost me as a friend. Get out. <laughs> and he just, like, sheepishly got up and left. And yeah. so, I, like I said, I know this guy. He's a great guy, good student of the Bible, but I tease him about that all the time. Oh, that was so awesome. I will every now and then call him and, and just say or text him, and if I see him, I'll bump into him and say, hey, man. You uh, you been reading Dale Carnegie lately? You know, uh, how's it going? Um, but we're in the middle of summer school right now. You're yeah. teaching Bible archaeology, and I'm pretty sure you don't remember this, but I have three stories to tell you before I jump back to you because I want I want right. to hear your reaction to these. I never had a medium to Con- in front of a bunch of is people. Good for a soul now. Yeah, right. and I've never had the ability to know that I can say this to you and you're being recorded. And I probably so, can't kick you out um, retroactively. Right, you know, I'm I'm graduated now, so that's easy too, but the first one was I had just gotten sick. So I was in school and this was when Jordan Pugh and Caleb Rutherford started. So they started in the summer and I'm in summer school. I'm sitting next to Jordan Pugh. And around noon, we took our break. And that was back, we were in the most room. Um, so at noon, we took our break. And I said, hey, I'm going to lay my head down. Uh, wake me up when he starts teaching again. And I still don't know how this happened. But I woke up at 12.58 and missed. I'd missed the whole last hour. And I said to Jordan, hey, man, why did you, uh, you know, not wake me up? And Jordan said, you just look so peaceful, man. <laughs> I was like, well, I appreciate the beauty sleep. But but I was so afraid that, like, you had seen it or whatever. And so I was like, man, Brother Cates is going to think I'm not taking this seriously. Or he's, you know. And so then the next day, this was also around the time. If you listen to the shameless plug, if you listen to my first season on the Scatter the Broad Network of my podcast, the Far Better Podcast, you will know that I, I kind of chronicled my Crohn's disease journey. And I talked about prednisone which I had been overdosing at the time and didn't realize it. But I took your quiz one day, and it was how long was the convocation between these two parties? Well, I wasn't sure what the word convocation meant in that moment. And I knew the answer, 
But I had I had studied it with the word war and didn't realize that convocation was the same type of word that could be used to describe. So I wrote a completely different answer, which is my fault, you know, for not knowing the word. And then you got up and you said the answer, and it was the answer that I did know, but that I had guessed wrong because I was like, he didn't say war. Surely this is something that I've missed. And then without thinking, because I was overdosing on a drug that – a steroid that makes you roid rage, I started to yell out, how are you going to tell me? And then I had to stop myself. And I do remember I had to come up to you after class and, like, apologize. And say, I'm so sorry. And you're like, I didn't yeah. even hear it. Um, but the third one. Yeah, I was blessed with poor hearing and a bad memory. Hey, Seriously. Well, that might be for the best. But – the, um, why did we invite you on this episode, then, if you're going to tell stories? Um, I told you. I don't the, know any stories, man. The third one was my last summer school, intertestament period. Yeah. Um, this was when Brandon Tibbetts had started class, and I was always a pretty fast test taker. And so I finished that test within 45 minutes or so because I, if I didn't know it, I'd circle back, but if I didn't and get that's it, that's fast for that test. If I didn't get it, I'd you know, I'm not going to sit here for the entire two hours racking my brain over it. I either know it or I don't. And after three or four passes through, I'm going to turn in. And I, I did make a, a hundred on it because of the bonus points that you're graciously able to give and all that. But um, there was a day in class where we had a a good friend, and they're just they're first year students. They're just trying to be helpful. But they don't realize, and I did the same thing when I was a first year, less is more, like, in the speaking department. And so we had a good friend, good brother, great man. You mentioned Carthage in the intertestament period. And he got his phone out (laughs) during class and started typing. And he's, like, 10 feet in front of me. I just remember looking over, like, what is he doing? And then he raises his hand. And he said, uh... Brother Cates, I just wanted you to know that it's still called Carthage to this day. (laughs) And I was like, oh, man, (laughs) he means well, but this is not the time for that. And then without missing a beat, um, David Stafford, who I love dearly, he's a great friend. But David David just chimed in, there's a place in Mississippi called Carthage. (laughs) And so I had had like enough at that point as a student because I was trying to take notes. I needed to pass this test. I was the most concerned about the intertestament period because I'd heard all the horror stories from every class that had come before me. And it's not that bad if you just follow along and pay attention, do your work. But I just raised my hand. I said, Brother Cates, is all of that going to be on the test? Because if so, (laughs) I'd like to write it down. But if not, can we move on? (laughs) And I just remember um, both of them were just kind of like, what did we do? (laughs) I feel bad. So, David, I know you're listening. I'm sorry. Um, I do appreciate you so much. And I know I did the same thing. So don't don't feel bad. Well, he was a teacher down in Philadelphia. So yeah. he knows about Mississippi. And it's hard. I mean, it, it can be really hard to turn that switch off, you know. Right. Um, also, there will be a story told about David on the live program that you all will want to tune in to hear. You know what story it is, Dan. Oh yeah, um, yeah. But I can't, I can't say any more than that right. because we want people to tune in next next Tuesday night yeah, on the live. One. But um, all of those are the 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 core memories that I have of school, other than the widow indeed, you know, thing with you and I. Yeah. Uh, you might you might tell that one better than I could. 
I don't know if you remember it or not completely. I remember but... the widow indeed. I remember your commentary. Okay, yeah, uh, go but, ahead. But the, yeah, the... go no, ahead. No, better coming from the uh, source there. Uh, first of all, what's the widow indeed? Oh man, so you had told us first day of school, any test question that you can answer in oh, scripture. It's only, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, okay. Um, you would give credit to us, and so I had started as a wraparound. I was. Not healthy at the time, you know, I just started getting Crohn's disease problems, and I admittedly at that time struggled to study as consistently as I needed to. And so, as the T epistles class, we're taking the test. It's either the final exam or the midterm, and one of the questions was, explain the qualities of a widow indeed, and I blanked. (laughs) I had no idea... And so I just started writing I know what down. Number one's gonna be. <laughs> I just started writing down what would be logical, you know. And so I said, number one must have been married. <laughs> number two, spouse must have passed away. And I went on and on. And then I finally said, you know, number three uh, must be widow indeed. And it's just over and over again. And so. You called me out into the hallway, and you said, what is this? And I said, Brother Cates, I am prepared to answer every one of those with a scripture. <laughs> and so I began to do it, and you you just—I think you—I'd like to think at least. Maybe you're going to say no, but you kind of looked impressed enough that I would even try it and that I had used what was just clear basic logic of all of these had to have happened in order for her to be a widow indeed, that you said, well, I'm going to give it to you this time. Don't do it next time. <laughs> Um, so that was the widow indeed one. Okay, I, I vaguely remember that. But yeah. if there are any potential students listening, don't do that. No, don't. <laughs> um, he, he's he's learned because he had me as a student. There are some things you just shouldn't allow. Yeah. So I don't think you even allow necessarily to that extent anymore. Uh, um, no, it has, right. has to be reasonable. Right. And, and so uh, I think you were showing some grace because you knew I'd been going through a hard time with illness and other things. So, yeah. Well, um, too, the, the subjects I teach, they're ones that you have to show grace on. Because English grammar, sure, you can fail everybody in the classroom. Yeah. Greek, you can have sentences where you fail everybody in the classroom. Same thing with archaeology and intertestament period. These are things that people have never heard before. Right. You can fail everybody in the classroom. So uh, there has to be an area where there's grace and, and you appreciate why somebody's here. He's not here to uh, become an English scholar. He's here to be a preacher. Right. Well, all right, fine. The commentary. Yeah. So, again, this is the same quarter as the widow indeed. Um, you had assigned us all a commentary. Now, let me give some future students some advice. If you're going to come to the Memphis School of Preaching and you are going to take that class, which you're going to have to, Definitely don't do what some do and be like, I'm going to do Titus as my documentary, or my documentary, as my commentary. Um, and so, you know, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, you, I mean, well, I mean, you can, but Brother Cates is going to cover uh, 1 Timothy, 1 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Timothy, well before he's going to cover um, any of the other books that you're going to get to the very end. So... The best thing for you to do is cover First Timothy or First First Thessalonians. So I decided. I'm saying so a lot, but um, I am sowing the seed of the kingdom right now. So um, <laughs> didn't Therefore. even I didn't even try because of all of this. 
I decided to do First Thessalonians as my commentary. And in First Thessalonians 5 and verse 19, we have a masterful verse penned by Paul in the King James, which is, quench not the spirit. Now, it is four in the morning or something when I'm typing. I'm on the last chapter, the last eight to ten verses, you know, or, or whatever it would be about in that chapter. And I started getting that fatigue of, you know what? Just finish. Let's just finish this. And in my head, I had heard the stories before of Brother Curtis Cates, that there were times where someone would write something in there, and then Brother Cates would get up in front of the whole class and go, all right, let's grade these puppies. He'd throw them across the room, and they'd never read it. And so I was like, this is my first assignment by Brother Dan. I'm going to assume he grades like his dad does. And so I wrote in my commentary, quench not the spirit means don't quench the spirit. And just was like, on to the next verse. Completely convinced you would never see it. Much to my chagrin, a couple months go by. We're in like the, the next quarter. And you said, Brother Clark, would you stand up and tell everybody... <laughs> What you wrote, you wrote a masterful, masterful sentence, you know, about the sentence in First Thessalonians 5.19. And so I turned to it to try to, you know, remind myself what it said. <laughs> and I read it and I went, oh, no, <laughs> he's read it. <laughs> and so uh, I stood and said, well, quench not the spirit means don't quench the spirit. And I sat down. <laughs> The end. Um, I was always taught to be concise, uh, you know, even That's in school. Concise. In school, we're told to, to keep it simple, you know, and not, not make it more complex than it has to be. So if, if Paul says, don't quench the spirit, I trust that the Thessalonians, you know, that the Thessalonians, what's wrong with me? Those in Thessalonica, I we're trust also that. Thessalonians, but Thessalonians. Doesn't matter. I trust that those Thessalonians, um, that, they, uh, that they were able to know what he meant, and that I can just take it on faith. That was my mindset. Um, I need to I need to set out though and like write a whole book on that one verse, and then prove <laughs> just, that I can I can wax eloquent on it. I just didn't do it. Um, so what other what stories have happened throughout the years? Like maybe I know you've heard of pranks and other things. What are some of the funnier things that have happened? Between student and faculty, or faculty messing with students, kind of deal. Well, I don't, I don't uh, like I say I've got I've got a bad memory, and some of that is good because it keeps me from remembering things that don't need to be remembered. That's uh, true. But some of the best are actually faculty. Faculty. Okay, go ahead. Um, you can use names if you want. I will. No. <laughs> I will. Uh, bro- brother, uh, well, years ago at Christmas time, all the faculty members would buy all of the other faculty members' gifts. Mm-hmm. You know, may, maybe it was, and, and Brother Moser still does this, maybe it was some jam or something that right. they had made. They would bring that, give that to all the other fact, faculty members. Or you had different ones, uh, maybe a book or, or something. Anyway, one of the instructors that year had bought some nice picture frames for all of the other instructors. Uh, picture frames... You know, that would be good for a diploma or something right. like that. Well, Brother uh, 
I think, I forget if it was Brother Bland or Brother Mosier. But anyway, um, I know that it, w- it wasn't Brother Mosier, Mosier that gave them. Brother Mosier was, was going to get his. Brother Liddell found Brother Mosier's picture frame and put a picture of himself in that picture frame, wrapped the wrapper back so nobody would ev- ever even be able to tell that it had been opened. So so here, Brother Mosher gets this picture, or this this uh, wrapped gift, and opens it up, and there's a picture frame with Brother Liddell staring straight at him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was excellent. So that, that was one of my favorite uh, uh, memories as far as a prank from one instructor to another. Uh, one of our instructors today was walking around for a few uh, instructors. One of our students was walking around for a few hours with a sticker on his back, oh. uh, which I didn't realize it, but apparently it had been there a while. He sits toward the back. Right. And uh, during the 11 o'clock break, I believe it was, I saw him walk outside to use the phone. And I asked somebody, has he had that sticker on <laughs> his back the whole time and the indication was he had he had had it for a while so it happens uh there are rules that are designed to regulate it because we don't need a lot of hurt feelings sure and sometimes uh jokes can be indicative of more serious uh problems for instance we, we literally have a rule that you are not able to impersonate instructors uh because i think it was a class about 1985 or so 86 some of the students uh, did some impersonations of uh, some of the instructors at one of the uh, dinners, and it was revealing a deep-seated disgust mm. that they had. And that wasn't just evident at that dinner. That was evident uh, when those students got into preaching. Mm-hmm. Uh, their, their quality showed very quickly in the preaching that they did. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned a Christmas party. We, when I worked at GBN years ago, um, one of the Christmas parties, they did what we call Dirty Santa or, you know, something. You buy a gift and it can either be a $10, $15 limit sometimes, and it can either be a good gift or a joke gift. Um, oftentimes, I will, will always be the guy that gets the joke gift because I pick incorrectly. So this Christmas party was no exception. I, I got up a minute ago while you were telling the story about Brother Littell, uh to pick this up to, yeah, to show that I still have it. Um, but I picked what looked to be a book, you know, and I unwrapped the book, and I thought that maybe this is a book on, you know, the Bible or something. And uh, it's a book called Extraordinary Chickens. <laughs> I'm showing it to him right now. Um, it that is, was from Brett Liddell? No, it was, oh, okay. I, think, I think Don bought it. Oh, oh it was... I, uh, yes, at GBN. GBN. Yeah. But in, inside are just extraordinary chickens, <laughs> page after page. Well, it's hard to um, beat the one on the cover. Well, that's true. Now, let me read you, let's see. There's one page that I always like to go back here. The first known major poultry show was staged in 1845 at London's Regent's Park Zoo, a place filled with interesting wild creatures. Those who attended were not disappointed. Four years later in 1849, the United States followed with its first breed show in Boston. And then Queen Victoria apparently was an enthusiast. I mean, just story after story, 
that Stephen Green Armitage or Armitage wrote somehow got published and someone walked through a store, found it and said, perfect. So when I got this book, um, by the way, the inside uh, of the cover, it looks a lot more, you know, it is covered in feathers, but on the front is like a screaming chicken, you know. Uh, But when I picked up the book, Sometimes people will act like they're excited to get a gift, hoping that people will steal it. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, wow, these oven mitts are so amazing. I hope nobody steals them. Ooh, a book on chickens. I was accurately, well, accurately, actively excited, like genuinely excited that I'd gotten this book because I thought it was hilarious. And um, nobody would steal it from me. But I wasn't upset that nobody would steal it from me. And so <laughs> someone said, you're not going to keep that. Here it is almost 10 years later, and it's still on my shelf <laughs> in my office at the school. It's not on my shelf at home. I have kept it in my office, and every now and then I'll grab it off the shelf. I was about to say, and you know it well enough to know where it talks yeah. about the queen. Um, so I'll grab it off the shelf, and I'll, I'll look through it. Maybe maybe some of the episodes I'll read read to you all, the book on Extraordinary Chickens. Uh, that remind you remember R.J. Tracy? Oh yeah, R.J.'s great. Um, oh man, his prayer. Well, yeah, I'm gonna save that one because I'm doing a program with Jameson next week, and All I'm right. pretty sure he's gonna talk about it. But All right. uh, R.J. was the intern at Somerville for a little while. Yes, sir. And yeah, that's right. I'd forgotten that. He showed up to our Christmas party, and he hadn't brought anything, and we were playing Dirty Santa, and so. I decided it would be funny to just do terrible gifts, you know. So we went to my garage, and I found a little bottle of blinker fluid. Those of you that blinker fluid. Those of you that are not aware, blinker fluid is not a thing. It's an empty it's, bottle it's that like just has you know wash. right. If you're if you're in the navy, prop wash. And uh, so we went and filled that with water, and then put blue food coloring in there <laughs> to make it look like an actual you know, fluid that would go into a car. And we found an old dirty hat of mine that I wasn't wearing anymore, an old T-shirt that I used as an oil rack. I mean, just terrible gifts. And we put them all into a little bag and put some nice frilly paper in there that we had. As luck would have it, one of our sweet elderly sisters, who was a deacon's wife at the time, her husband has since passed away, but... This particular night, she picked that bag, and she had no idea that it was a joke, and she got really offended. Um, <laughs> like, she was upset. <laughs> and meanwhile, me and all of the men are cackling yeah, because it's like, ha-ha, you've got an oil rag and <laughs> blinker fluid. Hey, we'll help you install that blinker fluid later if you want. And we didn't know it, but, like, we're just berating her in her mind. <laughs> Because she's thinking that she got a gift that no one loves her. And uh, we then at the end revealed whose gifts were whose. Right. And I said, that one was RJ's. I told the sister, RJ, here's the bus. Let me throw you under there real quick. (laughs) And he started to say, well, it's your stuff. I said, yeah, but it's your present. That's right. And, you know, you could have stopped me at any time. (laughs) Um, But that that was a great night because we had another deacon who wore a... Christmas beanie that had the words, it's lit on it, and it had candle, like, 
Christmas tree lights, you know, all over it that you press a button and it would start flashing. And so he was wearing that. And, uh, yeah, that was, that was a good night. Um, man, uh, what else do you have? Sometimes the show hits a lull, but it's okay because I know you've got more. Well, um, one from another one from preaching. I was preaching a sermon one time, and fortunately, this wasn't anything stupid that I did, but, uh, Somebody's phone went off. Oh, I've got another phone story, too. But this one, uh, somebody's phone went off, started playing uh, Guns N' Roses' Sweet Child of Mine in the middle of the sermon. Right. uh, Yeah, it turns out it was her daughter, who should have been at worship service. But anyway, her daughter uh, called her mom, and and the mom had Sweet Child of Mine as the ringtone for her daughter. Another one is we were at a funeral, uh, funeral for my grandmother, and during the funeral, the phone started going off. And whenever you know phone starts going off, you start looking around to see whose phone is going off. Well, it was my grandmother's, not, not her phone. It was my grandmother uh, who was the one whose funeral it was. So I was close to the front. Right. The sound was not coming from behind me. So it had to be somebody even closer to my grandmother than I was. Mm. About that time... Dad reached into his pocket, and he had one of these old flip phones. He looked at that flip phone, and he looked it up, flipped it back closed again, put it back in this pocket. Uh, Brother Liddell had called, brother, called Dad during the middle of Dad's mom's funeral. Man. And, uh, yeah. But he looked at it, too. He, well, who, he, he wanted this? to make sure. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> brother DeBerry yeah. was preaching at Somerville last year uh, for their gospel meeting. And his phone went off, and he literally answered it and said, hey, I'm preaching. Hold on. And he put the (laughs) phone down and just kept preaching. And afterwards, I said, Brother DeBerry, who was that? He said, it was my brother. He needs the gospel, too. (laughs) I said, you know what? I stood up, because I I guess it was Tony. I stood up to give the closing remarks, and I said, I hope that one day I can have enough clout to be able to, in the middle of a sermon, answer my phone and just say, hey, I'm preaching, and just keep going. <laughs> it's one of the funniest moments that ever happened um, during that time, other than the time where he he loves, he's just a night owl. He drives all the time, you know, back to Nashville, back up to Memphis. Right. Somebody had gotten him food, and it opened in the bag. And he didn't know. Okay. And so he's walking around, and there's this tiny little drip happening. Somebody had to say, hey, can I help you put the food back in there? And he said, I'll still eat it. And I was thinking, I don't know how long it's been out in that bag. But he's, you know, he's still kicking it. I mean, he's around. So uh, kudos to him. Maybe that's that's the secret. Um, But, you know, I'll tell you this. One of the things that I love about doing this show about getting to talk to people like you, is preachers, those of us that, not not trying to be mean to others, but those of us that have that funny sense of humor. Um, As opposed to the sense of humors that aren't funny. Exactly. Uh, Bradley Smith, I'm looking at you. <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> We'll talk about you later, bud. Um, the preachers who have a genuine sense of humor, it is usually born out of some type of like, there is, a, trauma. there is a place in our mind <laughs> that we cannot explain why, 
And a lot of it's just because we're twisted in the head, and no one knows that. Like, if you hang around me only in a worship assembly, you're not going to know me as well as you'll know me if you listen to this show. Because I told my wife, I said, there are things that, like, I could talk about on the show and things that I could say and other things. But I'm afraid some people would think, man, Michael's Michael's a bad guy. No, it's just it's just a joke. I'm just trying to be funny and all that. But I love getting to talk to people who are able to say things like, yeah, you know, RJ, <laughs> good prayer, bud. <laughs> um, <laughs> and yeah. it, we're better for it. I'm better as a person because people have helped make fun of me at times over the years. Yeah. Um, I know that you would say the same thing. And... <clears throat> In school, the instructors would, would gently pick on us, you know, and make fun of us at times and say things, you know. Oh, yeah. Brother Liddell, one time, and we'll talk about this on next week's episode on Thursday, I plan to post one with Jameson. Brother Liddell one time just flat out told RJ, I think I'd just stop praying if I were you. <laughs> yes. um, so, you know, you, you can't help but laugh and love in those RJ, moments. But praying in yeah, public man. can be a tough thing, especially in chapel, uh, when you don't know how to word yeah. something. And that was the problem. And uh yeah, it was it was well thought, not well executed. Right. Uh, but yeah, instructors having a little fun with students. I was telling the guys in the class today about a story my brother told me of when one of his classmates had gone to sleep in class, and Brother Bland was teaching. Which how you go to sleep in Brother Bland's class? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> but he he walked back to where this student was, and he said, "The Philistines be upon thee." <laughs> so <laughs> it it happens. Oh, man. I know I don't think I've told this on the show. I'll tell you this, and I'll let you throw anything else you want into, or we can close it out. It's up to you. Um, We had Brother Elkins towards the end of his time on Earth, and I I really wish I could have come to school earlier, had your dad, had Brother Elkins, you know. um, When they were at their peak of spiritual prowess with the with the Bible because it was something to listen to, yeah. hearing both of them preach in their prime, and their prime lasted a very long time. Um, but Brother Elkins one day in class fell asleep. We were reading. Uh, I think Jared Skaggs was reading, and we happened to notice that Brother Elkins was asleep. And we thought, okay, well, that happens. He'll wake up in a minute or so. Uh, what version was Jared reading? He... <laughs> <laughs> Just curious. It wasn't from the Bible. It was just a debate book. Oh, okay. I, I thought so, it might have been the JSV. That that is a very famous that's, version that's that Jared would, would use. Um, <laughs> but Jared's reading, and we look over, and Brother Elkins is asleep, and Jared keeps reading, and I start to just watch Brother Elkins, and I'm noticing he's not moving, and it's been five minutes, and I couldn't tell that he was even breathing, but I'm frozen in fear. <laughs> Because I'm thinking, he he has passed away in our class. We are going to be the class that is forever remembered as the class that Brother Elkins passed away in. And we're never going to live this down. It's never going to go away. And he just, as Elkins as Elkins could be with Brother Garland, the bell rang. And instead of like being startled awake, he just briskly sat up and said, well, brothers, I appreciate the reading. We'll take a break now, and we'll come back after and finish it up. <laughs> and just Carried dismissed on. us. Yep. And we were all like, what? We really thought that he had died. And this was about a year before he would pass. Yeah. 
But we were scared. All of us were like, and so I started asking the classmate, did you? Yeah, we all thought. And I said, well, how come none of us called anyone? They all said the same thing. We're scared. We didn't know what to do. We're frozen in fear. (laughs) And Um, if it's already gone, what are you going to do? Yeah, I mean, at that point, you know, it would have been 30 minutes. Um, uh, (laughs) um, Well, Dan, Brother Dan, Brother Cates, do you have anything else that you'd like to add? Uh, I know there were other funny stories, but, you know, it— Something has to spur the. I, I can't just sure. think. Well, and the uh, beautiful thing stories, is, we every so often good ones. We'll have you back too. Yeah. You know, I, I know actually, where you. I know where you live uh, as far as your office is concerned. It's oh, across yeah. from mine. Yeah, actually, I, I was going to tell about what happened over in Little Rock one time uh, when I was challenged to a samurai sword fight, but Wait, I don't what? know that we'll have time for that. Definitely, we're going to have you back on because I want to hear that, and I want Caleb to be on here too when you tell that All one. Right. Y'all haven't heard about the Samurai Sword? I don't fight? think I have. Challenge? Maybe, maybe can't uh, Cameron? Where'd that come from? Maybe Caleb will be able to go. Yeah, I know about it, but I I don't remember it. Yeah. So. Um, well, I'll tell you what. We'll we'll, we'll weave uh, a Samurai Sword fight um, and offer for free tickets to and a Bill Joel Elton John concert and. Uh, People being baptized and held under. We'll oh, tie boy. that all together in, in one story next time. And I'll make a mental note now to come back and listen to this <laughs> before we have you back on so that I know. Uh, How all that gets tied together. Man, thank you so much for being on today. I yes, wish sir. I could have had Caleb with me. Uh, it's always more fun when the two of us are together. Uh, we do have that live program coming up. We want you to be tuning into that this upcoming Tuesday night at 6 p.m. Central, 7 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to have some fun guests, some things that we have not done before on the Did That Really Happen show. And as always, tune in for the Through Their Eyes podcast where we'll be closing out with a study of deacons and the Lord's Church. Until then, may God bless you and have a great day.